is this food we can rescue? Can we set something up? Does it work? We're always looking for new food donors. And so the more folks who know about us and connect us into businesses that are interested and willing to work with us, the more food we can rescue, the less goes to landfill, and the more it goes to helping people in need. Welcome to Give, Amplify, Connect, the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation podcast that dives deeper into the stories of the charitable organizations in Alberta that are making a difference. Host and producer Christy Wolf sits down with the leaders of the nonprofit world to learn more about their purpose, hopes, and dreams. Settle in for an honest conversation with Christy about the impact people are making in their communities and how they keep moving forward. With me today is Corey Ryanson. Corey is the executive director of the Leftovers Foundation. Thanks for coming on, Corey. Thanks for having me, Christy. Will you start by telling us a bit about Leftovers Foundation? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Leftovers Foundation is a a food rescue charity. Um, So we were founded in 2012 when Lourdes Swan, our our founder, was visiting a bakery with her cousin, saw how much bread they were uh, throwing out at the end of the day. and all this bread was totally fine. It's just stay old. They have new product for the next day. And, and definitely just thought, like, you know, what a waste, what a shame. There's people who could use this. So loaded up her car, drove it to a local agency to drop it off, and, and they could take it. And that was our first route, we call it. And we've been basically doing that ever since, starting in Calgary in 2012, coming into Edmonton in 2017, and then expanding into Winnipeg in, in 2021, and, and through a few new communities in Alberta this last year as well. Yeah, I saw a couple of social media posts recently about new places in Alberta. That's really exciting. Yeah, Red Deer and, and Leftbridge, we're, we're seeing if the program's viable. And we feel there's food to rescue everywhere. And so we're trying to kind of branch out and, and always rescue more food. All right. So, Corey, how did you get involved with Leftovers? Yeah, uh, prior to my role with Leftovers, I um, was the executive director of a small food bank um, here in Edmonton, uh, focused on students at the University of Alberta. With that organization in that role, we were actually one of the organizations that Leftovers in Edmonton supported. We would get pastries and different baked goods and a few different kind of routes or different types of donated food over my time there, but from local businesses in Edmonton. Uh, so I was always kind of aware of the organization and then uh, had worked with them a few times on different uh, like panels on food security or that kind of thing, interacted with leftover staff. And I had been with that organization for about five years and really wanted to, like I was really involved with the issue of student food insecurity, but saw how how many parallels there were in that to, to just broader food insecurity, what but the community at large kind of faces and really wanted to move transition and working with that. And so when the role leftovers came up, thought this is a really great fit. You know, this is an organization that's serving people across the province, actually like across two provinces, Alberta and Manitoba. And uh, is, is an organization that's doing something really interesting, has a bit of a different approach, is a new player in the field of, of organizations that are working on food insecurity. So I, I just thought it was a really good fit and, and happy to be here since. Well, there's a couple of things that stood out for me as you were talking. One of the things was I was a teacher before I was involved with the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation and food insecurity was an issue in every single school I worked in and trying to find breakfast, lunches, snacks, depending on the different commitment levels that schools had had at any given time was always an issue. So I'm really glad you brought up the idea of university students because people tend to put a picture in their mind of who it is they're supporting in a food bank. And I think that picture is not right. 
hundred percent. And I couldn't express that more with, with say a, a university food bank. So, you know, there's the picture of a university student is going to be an 18 to 24 year old, probably comes certain amount of privilege. Parents are, are wealthy because they can afford to send their student to university. But honestly, what we dealt with a lot was uh, international graduate students. So really they're new immigrants. They're people with families in the process of moving to Canada, trying to make a life here. It's no different than say settlement agencies that work with newcomers in the city. And so, yeah, there's a real misconception. And, and the other thing you mentioned with student food insecurity or, or programming within schools, like Canada is the only G7 country that doesn't have a national school food program, which is a kind of appalling fact. I mean, there's been some developments and promises around developing something, but it's such a patchwork system. It's usually largely supported by a local food bank. And within all of this, there's just the assumption that once the kid ages out of school and maybe is attending some form of post-secondary, that now they're fine, they're on their own. In reality, you know, there's still supports that are needed. So yeah, there's there's a lot that could be done to kind of improve things for, for students of all ages. So, Corey, one of the things that I am not always clear on is what's the difference between food rescue and food bank? Yeah. So I would say a food bank is a, you know, it's a distribution hub or, or, or point. It's where people go to, to access services. They can pick up a hamper. Uh, food rescue is the act of, of like rescuing that food, like also called gleaning recovery. Gleaning is a kind of very old word. And, it, and, it's, and it's honestly something that's been done throughout human history is there's like uh, uh, Edmonton Food Bank does a good job of talking about this, that they're actually, they were the first, first food bank in Canada, and their actual name is the Edmonton Gleaners Association. Uh, and they always talk about, there's this uh, old painting, French painting of people going and gathering the, the leftover wheat from a, a field at a harvest in the 1800s. And that act of gleaning, you know, has always been a part of human food production and agriculture trying to ensure nothing goes to waste, but recognizing that like in some harvest practices and, and everything in the system, there's going to be things that are, are missed and that these gleaning activities can take place. So we really focus on the, the gleaning or the rescue piece of ensuring that food that for whatever reason can't be sold, still perfectly good. The bread I mentioned is a good example. It's, it's just day-old bread. There's not really anything wrong with it. This would go to landfill under normal circumstances, that this instead goes to people who can need it, which is the, the best use for it. When you are talking, I'm thinking about all the different partners you have. So you have places of business that are producing food that you pick up from. You have services that provide food to clients, I guess. Um, and maybe you have a better way to say that. And then you also have your people that are getting the food from place to place. Will you explain to the listeners just what that looks like yeah for sure so we we it's it's a really exactly as you as you described it we work with like you know retail food businesses this can be any, anything from a bakery to a grocery store to to sometimes like a wholesaler in, in cities where we have a warehouse and can deal with higher volume donations but really anybody that touches food within the kind of broader retail food system service agencies are folks that work with individuals in need. Um, these can be shelters, uh, soup kitchens, mutual aid groups, community fridges, really anybody that's doing programming to serve people who are experiencing food insecurity and, and in need of food assistance programming. And then, you know, our community members, the volunteers is anybody. It's folks who want to give back in their community, who are looking for a way to get engaged and you know, help their neighbors. So how we kind of manage all this is we have our app called Rescue Food. When we set up one of these relationships between a business and a service agency, we call it a route and we'll post that on the app. So anybody can download the app. You just go to the 
Apple App Store or the Google Play, search rescue food or leftovers and we'll come up and you can make an account and then see what routes are in your local community if, if we're in that community. And all the information is there. You need to complete it. You'll get access to training materials. There'll be details on if you sign up for a route, what time you're picking up, where exactly the pickup instructions are, all the drop-off instructions. You'll get introduced to our, our city lead in that city. So everything you need to start volunteering. And, and one of the really great things with our volunteer experience is it's at your own schedule. You open that app. You can see like, yeah, I have some time on Friday. And look, there's a, a route that needs to be completed between 2 and 5 Friday. And I'm available. I can do that. I can claim it, sign up, and get it done. Uh, so it lets you volunteer as much or as little as you want and in a way that fits your schedule. So do you have some people that volunteer and do consistent routes? Yeah, absolutely we do. So uh, we have some really dedicated people who are you know, the backbone of our work, volunteers who are doing say maybe all the routes on a given day, or uh, they always do this route. It's, it's a great opportunity if you like, if you have time and you like this route, you can permanently claim it. You just have a conversation with the, the city lead and then it's yours, you know, every Wednesday morning, you're going to do this route. And that's a great way to have a regular volunteer experience. Routes are usually fairly quick, like rarely is it going to take you more than a half hour as it's usually just drive to point A, pick up, drop off at point B, and you're done. So yeah, we have a, a definite group of, of dedicated volunteers in each city. And it's, it's yeah, it's fantastic. They show up week after week to, to complete these routes. So we, we always really appreciate their, their commitment. Well, and I think that's one of the things that drew me to Leftovers when we started learning about it was the flexibility, uh, because that can be a real barrier to volunteering your time. I think that sometimes a barrier to people volunteering is they're not sure what it's going to be like. And sitting in your own car, picking up and dropping off is not really a big deal. I'm also guessing that people start to build relationships with service agencies, and they might get involved in that way too. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when folks find a route they like, it works for their schedule. I think they really appreciate that they get to connect with the service agency directly. They can build a relationship with that person. Same same, even really on the business side, if it's the same folks there every week. There's a very, I think, hands-on community connection element to this. We always talk about it in the, in the context of like, we're mobilizing community. Yeah. So through the volunteers, through the service agency, through the, the, the business. I, I mean, what we do there's a lot of organization to it and organizing the logistics, but it's once we set it up, it really just kind of happens, which is the, the great part of it. It's community getting involved, supporting each other. And using technology for good. Exactly. Yeah. It makes it much easier to manage it all with the app and everything. So it's been a, a real help to scale up the programming and to do more and, and have a high volume of routes going on on a weekly basis. That's exactly it. Oh, I love it. Okay. So the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation, our kind of tagline is give, amplify, connect. And so how can others give, amplify, or connect with leftovers? For sure. So maybe for the starting with the give part, I mean, we, we're a charity. Our work is, is funded through charitable donations and grants like the relationship with Wolfpack Warriors. Yeah. We provide, I would argue, an essential service, um, not just to the service agencies, but honestly to the businesses as well. Because a big part of this we haven't really touched on is the food waste element, right? That if we didn't weren't recovering this food and directing it to service agencies that can use it, typically it would go to landfill to rot and release methane, which is a more impactful greenhouse gas. And and it's just the amount of food wasted in Canada and in the world generally, though, like it's a major contributor to greenhouse gas emissions, to global warming, to the current climate climate crisis, it's uh, a bit of a travesty when we have this resource that's that's valuable, to be honest. And I think that the current inflationary moment has 
really highlighted that. Everybody sees their grocery bills going up. So everyone can really understand that this food that is you know, becoming more and more expensive, rotting in landfill is a, not a great system. And so we work to prevent this and redirect it, but we do it all under a charitable model, which can be tough. I think there's going to be things that are changing in the future around legislation, rules, bylaws around food waste. But right now, I mean, we need as much support as we can get to constantly scale up, rescue more food, grow and support our operations. So any kind of support we appreciate, as well as looking at how people getting involved um, through volunteering download the app, trying a route out uh, is a great way to get involved. And if you have any connections to, to retail food businesses, if you own or operate a business, even if you just work at a business that you see food is being thrown away at the end of the day, there's not really any reason it needs to go in the garbage. It's fine. Maybe there's a further use for it. Get in touch with us and we can see, you know, is this food we can rescue? Can we set something up? Does it work? We're always looking for new food donors. And so the more folks who know about us and connect us into businesses that are interested and willing to work with us, uh, the more food we can rescue, the less goes to landfill, and the more it goes to helping people in need. Well, and Rescue Food is not your only program. You have another program that works on Harvest. Do you want to explain that one a little bit? Yeah, so our, our home harvest program is uh, similar in concept to to rescue food, except instead of working with retail food businesses, there we're working with, we would call them home growers or really anybody who has a garden, a fruit tree. Uh, if you have produce, but same thing. I mean, if it's going to waste because it's, you know, it's not getting picked, it's falling on the ground and rotting, or uh, you have a bumper crop and you just don't know what to do with it. Uh, or if you you know have trouble harvesting your fruit trees or your garden, um, home harvest is basically the same concept. So we would onboard you as a grower. You could post your route or your your harvest, and we would have volunteers come out ideally to come and help assist with with the harvest if that's what you need, or if you just want to donate part of the harvest, whatever your produce through leftovers to an uh, an organization in need, we can facilitate that as well. Have somebody come and pick it up and drop it off. So it's a great way to engage people. It's a community more broadly, home gardeners and, you know, garden produce is always a, a great thing to receive. A number of our listeners are in Edmonton and Calgary, as well as the Bow Valley. The Bow Valley doesn't have access to the app. I have downloaded it and I can see the Calgary route. So if I'm in Calgary, I could just pick up a route as I happen to be there. So I have found this really easy to understand. And I just want to say thank you for that, because taking the difficulty out of trying to volunteer is a huge part of it. Is there more of a need at a certain time of year? I know we're coming up on Giving Tuesday and that holiday season where people tend to want to donate to food organizations more and more. What is the most helpful at this time of year for you? For sure. So holiday season is is big for any charity. It's the giving season. It's where a lot of people choose to make their donations for the year. So, I mean, we will have campaigns running for Giving Tuesday and for the holiday season more broadly. You can always go to our website to donate. Or if you want to stay in touch with us and, and see what we're doing, subscribe to our newsletter and you can find that on our website. It's a great way. We have a monthly newsletter talking about what we're doing. We talk about issues of food security, of food waste in it. Uh, so great way to stay in touch and and see what we're doing at any given time, really. If folks are interested in supporting us would be to, to go to our website and we have a donate button at the top. And we really appreciate that as we are entirely donation and grant funded. And I will definitely include all of that information. So the website, the newsletter, how to volunteer and how to download the app in the show notes for, for this episode as well. I'm going to end with who is a person or what's an organization that you are inspired by? Oh, a lot. Uh, I think one of the blessings of working within the food security space is how 
much happens and how much people just kind of see a need and try to meet it. Um, so I know there's a there's an organization in Edmonton called Multicultural Health Brokers that I've followed for a while. I've worked with them on a few different projects. Uh, I just think their model and what they do is is fantastic. They're focused on newcomers and they actually create, I'm going to explain their program not very well, but they identify and champion, they would call them cultural brokers within those say cultural communities or newcomer communities that can then lead and, and assist other newcomers. So say in like a Somali community in Edmonton, they would find someone champion them, actually employ them as a broker. And then that person could help the rest of their community navigate services, do all of this. So they they really kind of reach in to communities through that community to provide that support and through all of that. So they run like a grocery run program. They support a ton of families. Like they have a lot of food programming that wraps around that, knowing that, you know, food is essential. They're fantastic. There's also uh, Chef Dean from Saffron Catering in Calgary. So he's a fellow, he's a personal chef and caterer that we've worked with a lot. A few organizations have worked with. He drives food out to Sixica every week, just kind of out of like, because they don't have the access to transportation, he just kind of does it. And we have rescued many, a large rescue because Dean just calls me and says, Hey, I know about a, a truck with like, you know, 15 pallets of potatoes, or I've heard about this. I've heard about this. So he just is his ear to the ground. He knows the organizations that are working within this space who are doing good work and just tries to connect and work and all while like he does. This is not his job. Like he's a, he's a chef. <laughs> he has his own catering company he runs at the same time. I don't know how, I don't know when he sleeps, but he, he does a lot of good. But that's amazing, right? That's exactly it. Like he's on the ground in that industry and has access to information and to organizations and people that can connect them together. And I think that's really when we are talking about give, amplify, connect, that's a huge piece of it. That made me think of somebody in the Bow Valley who is in a similar position, Mountain Fire Foods. His name is Damien, who has taken on a number of different projects related to food security while doing catering and running his own business. So I'm glad I know about Dean as well as the multicultural health brokers. So thank you for sharing those with me. Corey, is there anything that we didn't get a chance to touch on that you want people to know about? Maybe I would just say kind of building off what we just said. I think one of the really interesting, it's the fun part of food rescue, but the hard part of food rescue is it is just about what's happening that day. Like I, I like to say every food rescue, even from, you know, our, our basic routes that are posted, like it's going to be a little bit different every time because it depends on what food is there, you know, who's on staff today at the business, what's happening with the agency. It's been a really interesting and complex task to to try to design a system that responds to something that is constantly evolving, constantly different. The larger rescues really are a better example of this, where it's just like something happens and food obviously has like a, a short shelf life. Like we have to react to it almost immediately to try to cover this, move it to somewhere and get it used. And so it's constantly evolving. It's constantly reacting. So it's a, it's a really interesting role to be in and, and, and system to kind of work within, but but is challenging to kind of constantly uh, have something that can react to kind of all cases. So similar to exactly what we we're talking about there. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Thank you. So Corey, thanks so much for coming on and talking about this with us. Yeah, no, I, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today. The purpose of the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation is to give, amplify, and connect. Visit our website, www.wolfpackwarriors.com to learn more about this initiative or connect with us about a registered charity that is important to you. Don't miss the next episode. 
Follow Give, Amplify, Connect on your favorite podcast platform to hear from other Alberta-based nonprofits about the work they are doing. On a final note, remember to take care of yourself and your pack. Okay, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Hush, my darling, gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay.